And welcome back to the Unpredictable Podcast, where no topic is too controversial or uncomfortable to handle. The safe haven for each listener. There is never a dull moment or topic. Every Saturday, we tackle a new topic, whether it's my boyfriend is leaving me, but I love him, or the oil crisis in the world. So sit back and let's see if we can figure out the roller coaster of reality together. We are back. Welcome back, everyone, to this week's podcast. So, by the end of this, I will have a title. I have a title, but I don't know if I want to put it as yet. So, this week's topic is based on my concerns. This is so off what my regularly have been what I've been talking about consistently and regularly for the past like three weeks or like past few sessions. But as a citizen of Trinidad and Tobago, I have been graced, forcefully might I add, with the opportunity to look at the news, to have social media, and see what is going on in the country. And I'm going to express my views on that. First of all, I'm not patriotic. I don't own a national flag. I love this country dearly. I, I, I'm very proud of where I'm from. I wonder if this could, like, people not want to come here. No, I'm going to, like, boast about the country. Not boast, but I'm going to talk about the good things. But I'm also going to just, like, and this is something that affects everybody in their own country in a different way, of course. But I'm going to talk about how the situation in Trinidad and Tobago right now has tainted the view of the country to its own citizens and what I think needs to be done, what I think will happen, and why I personally believe that we need to start doing things differently if we intend to quote-unquote fix the problem and whatever they view the problem as. So sit back, relax, and stay tuned. So welcome back. I have like a series of points. This might legit be one of the longest ones I'll ever do. But I'm trying to make it as short as possible. So my first question is, what is crime? (laughs) What is crime? Nah, like, I'm serious. I think that we use the word crime in such a vague way within countries. I think that, like, we all look at crime as one thing when there are so many layers to crime that we don't think about. And when we mention the other layers, we do it in such a way where it's like, oh, but that's just them. Oh, you know what I mean? So let's look at the actual definition of crime. So crime is an act which consists oh my god, like I can't read. Right? Crime is an act which constitutes an offense and is punishable by law. Plain and simple. So when you see somebody with a gun that doesn't own a gun license, usually for hunting, and they're killing somebody, that's a crime. Killing somebody, crime. Fraud, crime. Identity theft, crime. White collar crime. So anything along the lines of embezzlement tax evasion, larceny, crimes, arson, fraud, 
like insurance fraud, crime, all these are crimes. And I think that because of how westernized the Caribbean has become, crime is now associated simply with the violence and it takes away from a large portion of the crime here. Because while yes, the violent crime is right there, like you can see it, it's like it's in your face, especially like these days. The non-violent crimes, which are still violent but in a more passive way, are still there. And yes, I do believe there's a level of corruption that comes with the crime of Trinidad and Tobago, but that doesn't take away from what we see and what we are exposed to. So for me, personally, because this is for my podcast, I can say whatever I want, I think that the representation of crime in Trinidad and Tobago is no longer a general would I think the representation represent represent representation of crime is now simply violence, and it's scary to think that because, as I just said, when doing that, you take away the attention from the other crime. So, of course, we're gonna focus on this podcast about what has led to the crime situation. In Trinidad what are some of the other crimes in Trinidad Where is this crime going to lead the country? The culture of the country, the culture of the different systems that make up this crime, and most importantly, the people of Trinidad Tobago. Now, for people who are listening who don't know where I'm from, I'm from Trinidad Tobago. I don't sound like a Trinidad person all the time because I was raised by an English teacher and a father who practically was raised to be British. I can speak dialect, I am fluent in dialect, which is practically I'm bilingual by that stance. However, I was raised on the smaller island, which means that I had a more peaceful islandy like lifestyle. I, I'm very relaxed, I grew up in the countryside, so I have never in my life genuinely been exposed to crime because where i live we don't really have crime which sounds scary for people who aren't for all the international listeners trust me i'm not lying here we've only had like four murders for the entire year so far i mean the entire island which only has like seventy-five thousand people which is understandable but at the same time for other islands with near population zones, they've had more, you know what I mean? But we we don't have crime. We all it's a twin islands condition, so the other island makes up a large portion and by large because I have done the statistics over the years just for the purpose of telling my friends that we don't really contribute to this. This is all on your my friends who are from Trinidad. We make up within the last year, well the last year of murder, what's the murder rate? It was like 400. I'll do the maths like real quick. I'm averaging here because I know how much we've had, but I don't remember how much it was in total. So if we say it was like 457 murders, right? Maths. We only contributed to seven of those murders. So that's uh, 457. 
which is 0.015% of the entire crime in terms of murder in Trinidad and Tobago on a yearly basis. That's all Tobago contributes because we don't really do crime. And I say all of this to say there are different cultures in Trinidad and Tobago. Of course there are. And one of the forms of culture is music. Now we have our general music, which is soca, which is calypso, which is parang, which parang, <laughs> parang. There is different genres in soca. There is chutney. There is so many others. But there's also a genre of music in Trinidad Bigo called Trinidad music. Now, why am I recording this podcast? Because two days ago, I don't remember. I don't. Again, I don't follow news, but a few days ago, maybe like a day, it could be even less, a Trinidad artist who is from Tobago but resides in Trinidad, because he's a Trinidad artist, doesn't mean that because you're a Trinidad artist means you have to reside in Trinidad, but it's just they usually live in Trinidad or they are in Trinidad a lot, right? A Trinidad artist from Tobago was shot in one of the newly opened hotels in Trinidad. And he is, allegedly, because they haven't given us an update, fighting for his life. He was in surgery. I think he was shot like 15 times. And in that happening, if you listen to his music, this is what he talks about. He talks about murder. He talks about guns. He talks about violence. He talks about drugs. And you're like, well, usually people that talk about these things have experienced these things, right? I don't listen to a Dave Chappelle special and expect that everything he's saying is a story. Some of those things are things he's actually experienced. Most of those things are his own experiences, which is what makes it funny because he's laughing and he's making it into a joke. So when you listen to the music and you see the violence that they're perpetuating into the minds of the younger generations and also the culture that they're promoting, whether it be in the way they dress, whether it be in the amount of gold that they wear, whatever it may be, you sit there and you say, this makes sense. But I was telling my friend yesterday, I was like, artists in other countries that promote the same lifestyle are still alive. So why is it that they're getting killed, i.e. Trinidad artists, but artists in Jamaica who make the same music aren't being killed? Several rappers have never been shot at before, to my knowledge. I don't, like some of the big ones you know they've never been shut out so why is it that this is happening to them and i'm not gonna sit here and say oh it's all their fault because most of it is but it's still the person that has the gun's fault because they're doing it they're responsible for it the person who's making the music is also responsible for it but we have to sit down as a that was my air weekly. But we have to sit down as a society and really say to ourselves, why are we allowing this to be the representation of music in our country? Even if it's just one genre of many genres in the country, why are we allowing it to be promoted to our children? Why are we allowing it to be sung in different events? Why are we, uh, why are we as a, in a choir format? literally belting out these songs bar after bar after bar and then one gunshot rings off and everybody scrambles 
because you just sang a, a song promoting violence and when you are now in a violent situation you don't know what to do do what's in the song something about killing ups i don't know i don't even know what ups was until yesterday because what is on ups I, I don't i don't know but because i don't listen to these music i that's just not me like i have songs and i like some of them i even like some of the ones that the guy that got shot I didn't even listen to the lyrics well enough to know what I was like, singing sometimes. And that's also a thing. But I have to like sit here and I, I'm not one of those people who is like, oh, violent video games and rock music and all this other stuff contributes to violence. But I have to sit here and say the persona that they represent on the all their platforms has contributed to persons looking at them person seeing what they do seeing what they have and wanting it and these people will get what they want moving on to the next point and this is a scary one for me i'm gonna like take a brief moment to just say this isn't my entire opinion i have the right to my opinion i don't have to say i have the right to my opinion i don't <laughs> i have the right to my opinion but you know the next elections the opposition is going to win and saying it makes it sound scarier than, than even thinking about it yet. The next elections, the opposition is going to win. Why is the opposition going to win? Because I think that uh, people in this country, which is where I'm going to do two points in one here, people in this country are spoiled. There's a show that I used to watch years ago, I think it's called Super Nanny, and it's a show about kids who just need a person to come in and just show them how to behave. And I think we need to bring that super nanny lady to Trinidad and Tobago. Because people in this country are spoon-fed with a, with a golden spoon, a diamond-encrusted spoon, to believe that everything they, this country has, they deserve. And it's a weird concept to me that, of course, yes, Without us, this country wouldn't be the way it is. No money would have been coming in. All that other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever. That's true. That's all true. But it has to work by a structure. So for you to believe that the government should give you food all the time, should give you a house, should allow you not to pay taxes, should, what else do we get for free here? Provide free schooling up to secondary school and tertiary for most children. Should um, give your children transport to go on to and from school. There are things that this should have free healthcare. There are entirely free healthcare, depending on how long you want to wait for your surgery. But should have all of these things. And there's like, everybody in this country really thinks that all of these things are normal. And while they are normal to us, I know the episode before is I was talking about benchmarking. Look at the world and not even look at the world. Look at the Caribbean countries that are right there. As in one hour flight away. And look at what they have. And then look at what we have. And tell me if it's the same. If you see that and tell me that it's the same, you're lying. Because I have friends in these countries. They have to pay for school. They have to pay for transport, they have to pay. They don't get free school feeding. They don't. Some of these people don't even know what that means. They don't get gate. 
they don't have any of these things. They have to pay for everything in full. And we sit here and we act like if, oh my God, uh, this is happening. And why nobody can get an HEC house? And, uh, yeah, be grateful that you even got one in the first place. Be grateful. Why are they taking away gate? Because people abuse it. Why are they taking away HEC? Because people abuse it. And it's such an irritating and infuriating thing to think that people just are so spoiled and entitled in this country that they are no longer grateful for the government that they have. I'm not saying they are corrupt. Everything, every, politics in itself was created in, in corruption. But the fact that you think that taking away person A right now and putting in person B is going to solve all your problems. Because when person A was in power, all this wasn't happening and things were different and everything was better. Blah, and everything was normal. And now person B coming in. If you really think that, then you miss their four-year tenure as a politician and as the leader of this country. And for me, I'm not saying I'm a hater. I'm a realist. And I've observed the opposition leader's mannerisms. I've observed the way she speaks, not only to her party, but to everybody. The way that she forms, like, the way that she subconsciously has conditioned us to be segregated. Not me, because I, I don't vote, but the people who vote, all the voters, to segregate themselves, to believe that well, I am this, so I think I should vote for her or him or whoever. And when I am this, so I think I should vote. No. The fact that she's so good at that, but she still isn't ready, still can't answer questions, still has been has been literally photographed, and there's video evidence of her fully intoxicated, not casually drinking, intoxicated. It's crazy to me that that person is the person that we're going to put in charge of our country for four years because we just don't like the person that we have now. But the person that's actually done good just hasn't done good to you because every half of this country is spoiled. And that in itself, and half of this country doesn't understand how law works. And that's how we enter our next point, which is the justice system and the prison system. So stay tuned. The justice system. So people that know me, my actual friends and my family, I'm addicted to crime. Not in the sense that I'm a criminal, in the sense that I love the sociological, psychological, and philosophical side of crime. I love to sit and study crime and understand why did this person do that? Why are we in a position where this is the way our society is functioning? Why did this person think that that was okay? How did they do it? What did they do? What, you know what I mean? Like, when did they do it? What was the error? I am that person. I sit there and I analyze cases. I don't write stuff down because you never write down stuff. But, excuse me, I sit there and I do that. So when I hear people complaining about the justice system, like, I just sit there like, do you know how a justice system works? Hear me all right. I'm realize this is the most controversial thing I'll say. If you know somebody committed a crime, and you don't tell nobody as in a police officer, 
or a high-ranking official, that person is not going to jail. If somebody committed a crime, you know they committed the crime, everybody in the village knows they committed the crime, but there is no evidence to say they committed the crime, that person is not going to jail. If somebody committed a crime, there's evidence that somebody committed a crime, they go to court and they are found guilty and are given a sentence, that person is getting out at the end of that sentence. That person could get out before the end of that sentence. That person may never see the sentence for different reasons. That's how the justice system works. This is not a foreign country that has been built on segregation. So the justice system is purposefully created in such a way where it oppresses another group of people. This is Trinidad and Tobago. Our justice system is made to work. Our justice system is failing for some people because they want things done now. They want that girl's murderer to go to jail. How can you prove that he was the murderer? Oh, with evidence. If everybody walked through the crime scene, where's the evidence? Uh, it's gone. If the person was put in a position and yeah, they don't find the body or for whatever reason you didn't want to report nothing, it's not going to be solved. I'm going to use a quick little case here for people. There was a case some years ago where a young lady got into a taxi with a known rapist in the village. The girl was new to the village. She didn't know he was a rapist. How would she know? She's new. And the girl got into that car and was never seen alive again. That's on the community. It's not on the government. It's not on the president or the prime minister or even the minister of national security or the minister of, um, what was it, security? What, was, what position he was minister of? Yeah, minister of security, right? Yeah, it's not on any of those people. It's on the community before it even touches the responsibility of the police. Because the moment that young lady moved in, somebody in that apartment building should have been like, hey, that man is a rapist. Eh? Not only was the man a rapist, he committed incest. That led to a child being born. Yeah. And nobody, nobody in that entire village thought to themselves, hmm, I think I should let that girl know. Just for the safety. Because I, you know what I mean? This is how it should go. And this is my biggest problem. And this is the point I'm going to trickle into. It takes a village. The point of the matter is, in every situation in Trinidad and Tobago, more Trinidad than Tobago, I would say. I'll be honest. I think that there's a level of, and I mentioned this in my education classes when I was still in UE. There's a level of individualism in Trinidad that's not in Tobago. People out there look out for each other. That's just how it goes. People out there look out for themselves. That's just how they go. No judgment against that, but it is reflected in the structure of your society and where your society currently stands. It takes a village to raise a child. And with that, my follow-up quote is, if you don't want it to happen to you, why would you allow it to happen to somebody else? So if you didn't want or you never want that your child gets into a car with a known rapist, because we don't have a, um, a sex offender in Trinidad Tobago, which is another thing that's crazy to me. But if you know your child is about to get into the car with a known rapist, why would you warn that child before he she even gets into that car? Why? That's crazy. That's insane. Like you legit have an opportunity to protect somebody 
just like you would want somebody in this same moment like you right now to protect you and you did nothing then what the hell is gonna happen and follow up point prison systems we have like three prisons all prisons in Trinidad there's no jail there's a jail in Tobago but there's no prisons in Tobago all the in Trinidad it's like four three there's like there are two I don't know often there I think there are two on the east west coast east west career and I think there's like one or two as they go down central and south I know all to say there are a decent amount of prisons there are barely a lot of prison breaks because the prison is well secure. There are like three layers of barbed wire, like like 15 feet barbed wire fences you have to like get over. It's like, it's very, very secure. I don't know how some of those people even escaped in the first place. But I say all this to say, I think where the prison system fails is in its ability to facilitate rehabilitation. I don't think any country in the Western Hemisphere is good at that. And I stand by that. Because it is reflected in the reincarceration rates in the Western Hemisphere. The Eastern Hemisphere is a whole lot of story itself. But it's, it varies depending on if you're talking about Europe, Asia, Oceania. It varies. And Africa. It varies. But in the all prison system doesn't facilitate rehabilitation. The moment you enter that prison, you are a prisoner. The moment you exit that prison, you are now a convicted person. You are labeled as a convicted person. You are societally deemed as inadequate and no longer a prime, proper citizen of Trinidad. And how is that person expected to survive if society has already labeled them as bad? What are they supposed to do at that point? And then that's why the question comes in. What am I supposed to do when I have nothing left that I can do to survive? You do exactly what you were doing before. And that's where rehabilitation was supposed to kick in. But it doesn't because there is none. And that in itself is a problem. So what can this country do? What the heck? Like, I wish I could like find a way to explain, like, or find a solution. Because this this podcast doesn't have a solution. I'm very sorry. This this ain't no sun sunshine and rainbow. This is like the reality of the situation, which sucks. Final point. This is like my biggest point. There is a documentary, and I'll always recommend this to everybody. There is a documentary on Netflix called Trial by Media. Now. I don't watch the news. I don't sit down and watch the TTT, I don't know, the TV6, CNC3, I don't watch CNN, I don't watch Fox, I don't watch BBC, I don't watch any of these news platforms because I, after watching the Trial by Media docuseries, have come to the conclusion that the media has a way of shaping the outlook of everything. Of course, it's your decision on what you finalize and what you decide. But the media sometimes conditions you to believe something in its own narrative. So if I put up on TV, um, I have a very good caption for this. Um, 18-year-old 
killed in police crossfire in one of those dangerous villages in Trinidad and Tobago. Everybody in the no, let me just say one of those dangerous villages in one of those regular average villages in Trinidad and Tobago. Everybody in the comments, if that's all they see, are gonna believe that the police killed that boy. They're gonna believe either two things are gonna happen. They're either gonna have the that boy was a good boy mindset, or they're gonna say the police was overkilling, the police is violent, the police is this, the police is that, and that's what's gonna run. What's gonna change that person's narrative is when they get the whole truth. But it doesn't matter for a large portion of people, they're gonna stick with what they already go know. And that's really scary that like it doesn't matter like what the other person has to say, like that's it, like oh this person is a bad person, you know. And don't get me wrong, like there are bad people out there just as much as they're good people, but the fact that at the flip of a switch somebody could watch a news article and that person is now socially deemed as guilty before anything is proven it's still a scary reality for a lot of people because not all of them are bad and this is why i'll always say like while i do respect the media as a platform that is utilized to transfer transfer and transmit and connect people all over the world through information the media has allowed information to now condition the minds of many and it is each of our own responsibilities each of our it is each our own responsibility to not allow that all the time like there are people, I'll, I'll give you one of the best examples, like, well, someday I'm going to, like, do a whole series on, like, murder and serial killers and stuff. I'll pick one. I need a good serial killer. doesn't mean good as in good. I need mean, one that was, like, wow. I don't want to do Ted Bundy. I feel like if Ted Bundy is overrated. Dennis Rader is the BTK killer, bound torture killer. The guy was a deacon in church. He was one of the heads for Boy Scouts. He was one of the most respected people in his community. To the point when, for many years, his daughter didn't believe he killed anybody. Dennis Rader bound, tortured, and killed people. He did it because he wanted to. He was an addict in many ways. And the guy used to be giving out tips to boys in schools and churches, helping them become ushers and all of that stuff. And if it wasn't for one mistake, the guy would still be out. Most likely now because of like DNA advancements and whatever. But the guy would have never been caught right when he when he was caught. And nobody would have believed. Good Dennis. Mind you, I went to church with Dennis last week. But then the media came out and they aired everything that man did. And a case like that, yeah, if, if it's proven that he did it, which it was. That guy's crazy. That guy's insane. That guy needs to be put in jail. But the same thing has happened. There was a case I watched. Oh my God, I can't remember anybody, guy. And not only was he convicted, not only was he socially assassinated by everyone, not only was he executed for the crime he committed, he was innocent. But the media never believed him. And even on his deathbed, 
Well, not really a bed. That chair? That chamber. Y'all be whichever one you feel comfortable with. But even in his last moment, in his last breath, he was accused of killing his wife and killing his wife. Even in his last breath, the guy said, I did not do this. And he died. And the guy that did it is one of the reasons why he went to jail in the first place. And that original guy died because nobody believed in him. And when the story was run, uh, husband kills wife. End of story. And I say all of this, not just to say I'm like boast about my knowledge in crime and stuff because I love crime, but I say all of this to say that the media allows people the media has allowed for people to see what it wants to see but it's every each your own responsibility to say what you believe from the media you don't have to believe everything just have to believe what you want to believe not entirely that doesn't work for everything guys don't think you could fly you can't fly don't listen to anything that that song is not really valid but that's the whole point of it so in closing i want to say do i think trinidad is a dangerous place no do I think that the communities need to work harder towards developing more trust and more consistent, a level of safety, a level of consistent safety? Yes. Do I blame the government for everything? No. Do I think that this country is so spoiled that it blames the government for problems that it's it that occur only based on the community you are in? Yes. Do I think that music has influenced the state of Trinidad Tobago right now? Yes, and I have come to the conclusion that the title for this podcast is going to be Trinidad. Hate me. I, I'm sorry. It's, it's perfect. This is very controversial. I can't say the same. I can't say Trinbago bad because while crime does occur in Tobago, people don't really die. People aren't really murdered. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think, like, half of the robberies that have happened in Tobago have ever led to murder. So I'm going to say, I'm going to call the episode Trinidad. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not sorry. I was going to say I'm sorry. I'm not. But I want for each person that actually listens to this to reflect on the country that they're in and reflect on the current state it's in. And think about, my final sentence would be, would you want somebody to look out for you like you think you should look out for yourself. And I hope with that you will ponder on the question and, you know, think about it. Think about what you would want in a community for your children, for your wife, for your husband, for your dog. <laughs> like, honestly, just think about it. So thank you, everyone, for coming to this week's podcast. This is hella long. I really am trying to see if I could find, like, a consistent time limit for my episodes but i can't because topics vary points vary i talk a lot <laughs> but thank you for always listening is greatly appreciated so have an amazing week bye And that brings us to the end of this week's Waves episode. As I will always say, with each week, I come here and I 
talk and talk and talk but i want for each of us to learn from each other for, to grow from each other so if you have a message that you want to send in you can send that in my information is always in the description but stay tuned for more episodes to come more topics more controversial topics and even some sentimental stuff along the way so enjoy the rest of your day your night your evening and continue to be a light in your own life